So maybe you're like me, and you grew up in a household where there's a nativity set. And, and no matter kind of which nativity set you had, you knew this, that if kids were involved, they wanted to play with them. And so maybe yours looked, I don't know, something like this one. You know, you had your, your sheep, uh, your donkey, and then Mary and Joseph and an angel. Because over time, something went missing. Right? Because kids are instinctively drawn to a center of attention moment. Uh, they're, they're pulled into how do you get to know the center of a story. And so when they find out what the center of the story is, they want to be close to it. And so Jesus tends to go missing. You know, no matter what you do, if you have a nativity set and kids are playing with it, Jesus always tends to go missing. So let's just talk about that for a second. One is this. We know the story. We've heard it all of our lives. Maybe you grew up like I did in church your whole life. And that was me. I mean, from the day I was born, my parents carried me to church, and, and I haven't missed church since. I can remember going off to college and my dad telling me, listen, Kyle, no one's going to make you go to church. And going to a Christian school, and that first Sunday waking up on a hall of, of students that were going into the ministry and being the only student that got up that morning. You know, Sundays are important to me for one reason. At some point in my life, I found out the central figure of the story. At some point in my life, I, I kind of caught a glimpse of when Jesus really matters, something gives in your life. Something has to take place. Something has to change. Because Jesus changes every story. I mean, it's not just a manger, Jesus' start. It's not just in the temple where he teaches. It's not out in the fields where he talks to people. It's not just in the moments at the cross or in the, in the tomb. Frankly, it's not just in the moments of him ascending into heaven. It's now. His story is still changing yours if he's the central figure. That's what Jesus does. And this time of year, we celebrate one thing in particular. We, we celebrate Jesus' earthly start. So let's just read it together. Let's look at it. In Luke chapter 2, verse 1, it says, In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the whole empire should be taxed and registered. That first registration took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he is of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him snugly in cloth and laid him in a feeding trough, because there was no room for them in the lodging place. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in their fields, keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today a Savior, who is Messiah the Lord, was born for you in the city of David. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in cloth and laying in a feeding trough. Suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. 
When the angel had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the feeding trough. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard of it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, just as they had been told. Jesus changed the story. You know, it may not seem significant, especially during their time. But what the angels had to say was meaningful. They first start by saying, don't be terrified. <laughs> Listen, I, I've got some news to tell you. And so it just says the words, Jesus is good news. Jesus is good news. We need good news, don't we? Because we live in a day of bad news or fake news or any news but good news. And so even in our day, we need a change of our story because our story just doesn't sound good. It's not favorable. I mean, let's just talk for a second. We need good news from Jesus because it seems like the news is getting worse every second. Hatred is on the rise. Killings are on the rise. I mean, we can see it happening every day. I just don't remember as a child seeing it like I do today. Maybe you had the same experience. Maybe growing up, you didn't experience the things you're starting to see our kids having to face. I can remember a day where a guy bringing a gun to school always came in the back rack of a truck, and he needed it to shoot a rattlesnake if he saw it on the way to school. That was my day. I remember a day where people could disagree, and it was okay. You didn't have to hurt someone because of it. You see, our world is changing, and the news is changing, but one central figure changes the whole story. I mean, we can live in the bad news. And frankly, you're going to wake up tomorrow and there's going to be bad news the next day, bad news. In fact, if you got on your phone right now and clicked on Yahoo or Google and looked up the news, you would find bad news. It's there. It's waiting for you. The funny thing is, during Mary and Joseph's day, they were surrounded by bad news. They were under the rule of a law of people that were not even their own. They were being taxed constantly. Their own priests in the temple were being bought out. They, they felt oppressed. They felt alone. They felt discouraged. And if you're here with us, you know that Mary's pregnant because God allowed her to get pregnant without even being with Joseph. This is not good news to Mary. She's in the worst possible place at the worst possible time in the worst possible way. And now they're traveling. Any of you women who are pregnant or have been pregnant traveled before in a car? Imagine that by donkey. Woo! That's good news, right? Everything about this story seems bad. Not only do they show up in town with a pregnant Mary, they can't get a room. No one will let them in. The city's so packed and it's so overrun because of this census that they don't even have a room to go to for Mary to have her baby. So the only place they can find is in a feeding trough. I mean, your kids might have been born in a bad hospital. You may not have had the best nurse or the best doctor. 
but you didn't put them in one of these. So everything about this story is bogus, bad news, terrible situation. I mean, all of us, if that was the end of the story, that a woman who is pregnant, not by her husband, is traveling to a town to be counted during the worst possible season, and they're traveling and can't find a room, and she has her baby next to a calf, that's a bad story. You wouldn't want that story. I wouldn't want that story. But that's not the story. All of that is just side stuff to what God's about to do. Because Jesus changes stories. So that night, I, I just had to believe this with all my heart. This is not ideal. This is not what Mary would have wanted. This isn't what she wanted to write home about. Hey, Mom, had a baby. His name is Jesus. Had him right next to a sheep. Sending, sending scribed pictures later. I don't even know how they took pictures back then. Polaroid. Um, uh, but you got to think, nothing about that night seemed easy for Mary and Joseph. They were pressured. It was uncommon. They're surrounded by people they know and don't know. It wasn't clean. It wasn't easy. But while that's happening, shepherds are out in the middle of nowhere. The outcasts. The nobodies. Watching their sheep at night. They've got them clustered up. They've just settled in. One shepherd would have been awake most of the night to listen for predators and to watch the sheep while the others rested. So they're all quiet. And, and we're from West Texas. And so we know what it looks like to be quiet. If you go outside of town where the lights aren't shining and you sit in the dark, it gets very quiet. If you just imagine the sheep sounding off in the quiet. And all of a sudden, whew, an angel of the Lord appears. This isn't ordinary. Nothing about this night seems normal. We have no evidence that before this time shepherds had ever seen angels in their context. It wasn't an ordinary thing that you'd just be out watching sheep and an angel shows up and says, how's it going? Just want to see if y'all needed anything? Going to Walgreens? Good, 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 okay, see y'all later. An angel appears and it says that they're absolutely terrified. You can just imagine what their sheep do. And in this moment, they're just at the point of going, we don't know what to do now. What do I do with my hands? And the angel goes, don't be afraid. Because I have good news for you. Because Jesus is good news. Because these shepherds needed some good news. The outcasts, the lonely, the left alone. The same oppression, the same hurts, the same pains that Mary and Joseph felt, these shepherds felt. All these people in Bethlehem are feeling, all in that one night, God is about to change every story he can. Everybody gets to be a part of this new story. And this angel says, I've got good news. And he says, of great joy. That's something these shepherds, Mary and Joseph, the world hadn't seen in a while. Great joy. A reason to celebrate. A reason to, I don't know, hug someone next to you. High five someone. Be a part of something better. They hadn't heard great joy in a long time. 
hadn't seen it exhibited before them. They're oppressed. They're lonely. They're left alone. Good news of great joy is two things in context that the world doesn't get right now. And they're simply waiting for God to do something. And on this night, in a manger, in Bethlehem, of all places, God sent his son. And it started. Because from then on, good news and great joy can be found at all times. It just took a baby in a manger sent by God to change a story. I just want you all to know a few things. From the very beginning, God could have sent Jesus any way he wanted. He could have said, and the Son of Man will come straight out of the Jordan. Fish will assemble and he'll come out like Aquaman. God could have done it any way he wanted, right? So why choose a baby born to a virgin out of the town of Bethlehem? Why did God choose that way and not just like, and he will come from the Sanhedrin, or he will come from Rome, or he will come from wherever? Why couldn't he just be American, God? Then so many more people would be drawn to him, and I'll tell you why. Because God loves to take the ordinary and show you that he can make it extraordinary. You may have come today and, and brought a story with you that you think is ordinary. Absent of news that are great. Absent of joy. And you need Jesus. Because he can change your story. But that's not just where he leaves it. He doesn't just say, I've got good news. I've got great joy to give you. He says some words that are going to change history forever. He says this. A Messiah has been born to you. A Messiah and a Savior. Listen to what he says, the angel. Don't be afraid, verse 10. For look, I proclaim great news to you of great joy. That will be for all people. That's you and I. Praise God for that sentence. Today a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord, has been born for you in the city of David. And this will be a sign for you. You ready for this, shepherds? Here's the sign for you. Take your sheep where they go, and you will find him. He'll be wrapped tightly in cloth and laying down in the place where you feed your sheep. Can you imagine that for a second? So here's the shepherds. It's quiet. And boom, here's an angel. And he's telling them all this, and he says, and this is where you'll find him. And you got to imagine in their hearts they're going, in the temple, in Rome, in Jerusalem, you name it. We'll follow it. Where is he at? He's in Bethlehem. That's a dirty town, Lord. Like, not a lot of good things come from Bethlehem. <laughs> We're from Bethlehem. <laughs> That's, really? Okay, and where in Bethlehem? Did he say where we feed our sheep? So you're telling me, <laughs> Savior of the world is in Bethlehem right now as a baby laying in a manger. Kind of have to wonder in this moment how we would have received this news. How we would have taken it in. Because we hear later in Scripture that that people really don't care for people from this region. Just not highly thought of. But it all comes down to a story changer. 
So before the angel lets them go, he says, oh, by the way, bring on the praise team. And they all kick in. All of a sudden, a dark night is now laser LED bright. With angels just getting after it, saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. Can you imagine that? At one moment, darkness, and now completely bright. And all of a sudden, it goes from that to And the shepherds are standing there going, let's go see what this is all about. Don't y'all think we should go? Yeah, let's go. Gather the sheep. Let's go. Come on. Harvey, you two, get in here, buddy. And, and they all head there. And you got to imagine this next moment from Mary and Joseph's standpoint. This isn't an easy night. <laughs> They're out of their hometown. They're away from family because Joseph might have been from a different family than Mary's background. We hear later that they're from the same kind of lineage background. But they travel, and they're in an inconvenient place at an inconvenient time. It's not good to have a baby in the midst of thousands of people all clamoring around you. We have this version of, of the manger as though they're all alone, right? Silent night. All at, gone. People are everywhere. It's bustling. It's a small town. Lots of people are all here. And here's a baby just born. Here's Mary who's recovering from childbirth. And in walk dirty shepherds. That's awesome. Y'all ever been sick or at the hospital and somebody walks in that you're like, oh, great. Thanks for visiting me. I'm so glad you're here to talk to me for eight hours. Yay. Or they come in and they know all the doctor stuff to tell you. Oh, I can see your hemoglobin counts down. We're going to need to get a nurse in here, Stad. Hey, nurse, can you come in here? We're going to need to up whatever this is. And the nurse is like, you're going to need to up and get out of here. Uh, but that's that moment. Mary and Joseph are here. Family's probably around. And in walk people they don't know, dirty people. They probably smell like sheep. And they walk in, and here's Mary and Joseph and newborn Jesus. And they're like, that's the Savior of the world right there. You imagine that from Mary and Joseph's standpoint? They know the truth. They've been talked to by God, but no one else in this story really gets it. And in walks shepherds. This is the Son of God, man. You see this? It's the Savior of the world, right? Mary and Joseph are just like, yeah, yeah. You ever hear something and somebody reconfirm it to you and it takes your breath away? Just that little reaffirmation of something you know, and you go, yeah, you're right. It wasn't ideal. And it might have been ordinary. But it was far, far from that beyond that night. See, God changed the story. He changed it in one night with one little baby born in Bethlehem. My thinking is this, God's still changing our stories. He's still changing mine. And I believe he can still change yours. And this is how this works. You know, John 3.16, we talked about it in this series, but I want you to hear it again. For God so loved the world, he sent his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him would simply not perish 
but would have eternal life. That day in that manger filled with hay, eternal life was available because of one baby born in Bethlehem. Today you can have that eternal life. Scripture says if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you can be saved. So today, maybe it's your day to invite Jesus to change your life, to change your story. My prayer for you today is this, that you wouldn't just come to church today and say, marked off my list, but you would say, Lord, leave a mark in my story. Let Jesus change my life forever. Because I believe this. Every Christmas we can do the same thing. We can go back to the manger. We can see all the players in it. But if we leave out Jesus, it means nothing. It's just a manger in a town. But when Jesus is a part of the story, he changes everything. So my prayer for you today is this. May Jesus change your story. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, my prayer is this. God, that the story and life of Jesus, God, will change our lives forever. Lord, that you would speak over us and through us. Lord, that you would move our hearts. God, that we would listen to you. And God, that you would change the stories and lives of people in this room with mine. God, don't leave me out of it. Lord, allow Jesus to continue to change my life. Lord, that's our prayer. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.